0: To the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's up, Anthony?
1: How much, David. How are you?
0: Doing pretty well. Um, I had a couple of days off, getting ready to check back in for the Orange Bowl, and, and obviously, uh, Heat season getting going. Um, a weird first week for Miami. I think a weird first week really for the whole NBA when you look at the Magic uh, undefeated. Uh, you look at, you know, the Wizards, the team that we're going to probably end up talking about in the latter half of this episode. That People kind of had, you know, thought looked like a playoff team, winless uh, at this point. And the Heat, obviously, um, coming off a trip to the finals, not looking quite... As uh, I don't know, magical as they did, I guess, uh, down the stretch last year, and and I, you know, you kind of forget how how great they were at the start of last year too. We never really, uh, you know, there was never a doubt that last year's team had a lot of you know, had really high upside because of what they did at the start. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of get the angst from from some Heat fans over the first week of the season, but overall, I it just it's been such a weird. Uh, opening week of this NBA season um, and the heat in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like are uh, emblematic of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, to lose by 47 points on Tuesday, and then 24 hours later to beat that same team, Milwaukee, by 11 points, 58 points swing or 50, yeah, 58 point swing. Like that's just a representation of how crazy this and ran, honestly, you know, I don't want to say it's random, but kind of the results have been a little random. Like, it's just been – it's been strange. I mean, that's what you get after sort of short offseason, really short training camp, two preseason games. A lot of the stars didn't even play much in the preseason. This is like their preseason. So, um, you know, things happen for a reason. That 47-point loss happened for a reason. The Heat did not play well. Their defense was really bad, especially in the beginning when Milwaukee had a bunch of open threes and set a record for threes made. Um, but we also know that's not really who the Heat are, yeah. who the Heat is either. So you kind of have to like, kind of have to really step back, have some perspective, and realize it's really early. You're playing without Jimmy Butler. Um, is that an excuse for losing by 47 points? No. But then you come back the next night, and the Heat did a Heat thing, and they come back and beat Milwaukee uh, at full strength without Jimmy Butler. So at least we know the Heat are still the Heat. Because yep. that's that was pretty impressive uh, last night.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, the other team that I would put in this uh, category of just weird stuff is the Clippers, who have looked awesome in four games this year and then lost by fifty in their other game.
1: Right. I mean, look the Lake. I mean, not as weird, but the Lakers just lost a home game to Portland. Yeah. Um, like it just. I don't know. Like I, I honestly don't know how much we could really take from like the first month of this season and right now especially with the heat without Jimmy i mean right we saw he's their best player still in the final like we saw that he's their best player
0: yeah um, he's the guy who can turn it on like you know yeah. they got yeah, they, they, you they, know they probably still lose that game to the bucks even with sure. jimmy obviously he's not worth 47 points but um you know he's the he's the one guy still on this team that just on any given night he's going to like stabilize you Right. And prevent so, a game from, like, totally getting out of hand when he's on the court.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all know where the Heat are pretty much going to end up. You know, there's a couple of choices, you know, a couple of spots where they could, you know, there's a range where they could end up. But I think we all know they're probably going to end up, like, 1-6, to six, right? So, it's a matter of, okay, where do they finish? But, you know, at this point, it's, like, more of how do you get there than where you're going to go. Like, you know where they're going to, like, you kind of know where they'll be. Um, They'll be somewhere in that range. So... It's, there's gonna be about there's gonna be highs, gonna be lows, um, and especially this season with so uh, with with kind of how unique it is. So
0: yeah,
1: um, two and two, all in all, you know basically you've had Jimmy for one and a half games in those four, you know first four. Um, I, you played Milwaukee twice, which is arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I, I think you take that um, and you kind of move forward.
0: Yeah, I mean w- even last year, and it's a. Spo thing when he knows he has a good team is he, he spends a lot of the year tinkering. I mean, yeah. you saw it just from game one where Avery Bradley doesn't play. And now he's like a starting wing for them, uh, like a week later, <laughs> like he's, you know, he's, he's figuring things out with some of these new pieces, you know, Mo Harkless goes from the starting lineup to like basically out of the rotation. Sometimes like he's, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of that, particularly early on this season. And, and obviously throughout the season. Um, and like you said, the one, you know, You probably, ideally, you'd like to be a top two seed in the East because, as we mentioned, there's like a a clear top six um, that you'd like to avoid in the first round. Uh, But again, home court probably not going to matter a ton. It's going to be much more about just figuring out who you are by the postseason than than ensuring yourself a certain seed. Unless you can make a run, like I said, for those top two spots in the East. That that's I think going to be. the race a lot of teams are going to be involved in but it kind of like last year once you fall out of the top two i think it's going to be much more about just preserving uh your guys and making sure you kind of know what you're going to look like as the postseason um gets near so so you're not panicking you're not you you're saying uh t- no. still top six
1: yeah i mean i think
0: i, I think it's pretty obvious i, I don't yeah, think anyone's think, really panicking yeah
1: i mean i think uh, you too i mean i think we all know kind of what this team is right i know there's a couple new faces but we kind of know what this team is like nothing has really surprised me early on um, that I've seen. That's like, wow, I didn't know that. Like we, we know what this team is. They're a really good offensive team when they're on and when they're at full health, Um, they're a good shooting team. We saw that on Christmas day. They move the ball when they're on, they move the ball defensively. You know, they're not the best, but um, they'll compete and they'll probably finish around the middle, you know, middle of the pack in the league. Um, And they're going to win, they're going to win a lot of games like th- this is a good team um so I, I nothing i'm not panicking only because i feel like i have a good grasp of what this team is and how they and how they win now you know like you said i think i think the thing we can take away from these this first month is kind of what the rotation is gonna look like like it'll obviously change after the first month but we'll have like, a good idea of like mm-hmm. what eric spolstra is thinking um after, like, the first 10, 15 games. Um, and you kind of have seen it. Like, he's still working through it. You know, obviously Jimmy's uh, injury plays a role in that, but four starting lineups in four different games. And like I said, Mo Harkless, starter to, like, basically out of the rotation. Avery Bradley now started yesterday with Jimmy out. Um, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, he's He's trying to find the right combination still. And, you know, that's what he's going to do throughout the regular season, I think. That's kind of, like you said, what the regular season is for, uh, for this team. Because, you know, again, it, it, it kind of knows what it's going to be, um, you know, what what it's going to be in during the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I've, I've, coming off the opening four games of the year, and, and I didn't see, I don't think I saw a single second of the first Bucks game, because I was covering the um, Miami's bowl game. Uh, and it was out of hand by, like, halftime of that game when I would have, like, checked in. Um, so... Basically, what I'm feeling off watching watching three games is you know there's there's some of the good obviously the like kind of the stuff you're talking about the stuff we knew, and then uh, to me a lot of the bad I guess for lack of a better word is, um again it's a lot of the same issues I think that were there last year like like if I'm talking thinking about the good the good is like you said the first half of that. Um, Pelicans game where they shot the lights out, and, and really that was probably the most they looked like the bubble heat so far this year. That you know, basically yeah. the like middle 20 minutes of the first half, um, you know, where they're moving the ball, uh, their Duncan was on fire, like that was the heat at its best that we were used to seeing a couple of months ago. Um, and honestly, uh, I mean, obviously, the, the Bucks game last night was pretty encouraging too, and it was sort of you know, the the other secret sauce to the Heat's bubble success other than just, like, the beautiful basketball, ball movement. Uh, shooting was the, the Goron leap from the regular season to the uh, playoffs. And last night was the best we, like, kind of saw out of Goron. And, you know, it, you saw... You know, Heat he were good last year without Jimmy Butler um, in the regular season. You know, better than a lot of teams would be without their top guy. And you saw that, you know, when Bam and Goron are on, like you still basically got two all-star type guys um, because Goron was awesome last night and Bam was you know he's always great against Giannis for the most part. I, I guess probably not on a Tuesday night, but he was awesome last night. Almost had a triple double. He was taking him off the dribble a little bit, playing good defense. Um, you know there was those two games, obviously the two wins. The rest you still see the recipe for why this Heat team um is going to be in the mix to get back to the finals.
1: Yeah, and and you know to your point of like a lot of the similar things from last season, the heat early last year dealt with a lot of turnover issues. I mean, yeah. probably remember that. Like I remember that was a big storyline last season. You know, they were committing so many turnovers, you know, can they fix this? Like they were near the bottom of the league. Well, through four games they're they're committing the most turnovers in the NBA, at 20.8 per game. Um Last year, I did this yesterday for takeaways. They through the first five games, they're at 20.3 turnovers per game. No, sorry, 20.8 turnovers per. Game. Exactly, exactly the same. 20.8 <laughs> through the first four of this season. 20.8 through the first five last season. Um, they ended up last season committing, you know, averaging 14.9 turnovers. So they cleaned it up. Um, this is again, this is like just par for the course for <laughs> Eric exposure team. Like, you know, a team that moves the ball that as much as he, you know, does. Um, no, there's going to be some issues early on. There's some new personnel, you know, guys are a little, you know, they're still getting into a rhythm. Um, there are going to be issues. And and, that, and those turnovers hurt early in the season. They do. I mean, I think Milwaukee scored over 20 points on those yesterday. Uh, they scored over 30 points on them two, you know, on Tuesday in, in the blowout loss. Um, so, but but I, I think we know that those are early season issues. Yeah. And history shows Miami is going to clean that up. So, again, I don't panic only because a they're two and two, it's so not like they're 0 4. Right, right. And b, we've kind of seen you know this team, you know Eric Spoelstra's teams get better uh, as the season goes on. So I, I kind of bank on that again this
0: year. Yeah, I, I think the win Wednesday against Milwaukee uh, does a lot for just like the good vibes that you, you can have around yeah. this team because. <laughs> Again, I, mean, it's, yeah, it's... I
1: mean, entering last night's game, I'll be honest. I was like, man, they could be one and four at the end of the week. Yeah. Because they would have lost last night, which you know they were underdogs without Jimmy, and then they go to Dallas on Friday, which Dallas was desperate for a win, even this early on. Like they've been struggling. Yep. Uh, a road game that's not easy for the Heat. So I mean, they could have they could easily lose that game too. So they could have easily been one and four, and then you know again, I don't think I would have panicked. It's one and four. I mean, it's five games in, but you would have been hearing Twitter. <laughs> Uh, complaints I'm sure yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, yeah I think Wednesday's win was, um, was important for them in that regard
0: yeah so for yeah. me when I talked about uh, the good and the bad and I, I mentioned the bad is um, a lot of still the issues they had last year basically so to me I think there was some optimism that Tyler Hero comes back after the bubble and takes that rookie to sophomore leap I don't think we're going to see that because I think we saw that going into the bubble this short offseason. He's just he's not going to be I think people had dreams of him coming back and being like the third best player on this team. And, you know, that he didn't he already had his offseason. And that was the leap he took from being like the sixth best guy on the team to the fourth best guy on the team. Like I don't know if we're gonna see that next leap until uh you know, he's gonna just obviously get better as the year goes on and all that kind of stuff, but the The dreams of Tyler Hero, like becoming an all star this year, probably not going to happen. And um, you know that, especially if they're going to do the Tyler Hero at point guard experiment, um, is that that's an issue that this team is going to have. It, yeah, just I, in I, terms I, of I, like what the ceiling that I think people maybe the most optimistic thought. Um, you just have to kind of recalibrate what you're expecting from him this year. I think.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote about that um, for I'm writing about that for Friday's paper. Um, it, it was interesting to me after the win against Milwaukee. Eric Sposher made a point saying, you know, one of the reasons basically he put Andrew Vidal and Avery Bradley into the starting lineup was for them to take some of the ball handling responsibilities with yeah. Tyler, just because he's just he, he plays more to his strength when he's off the ball and he's not having to initiate. Like, that's just not who he is at this point in his career. He's an attacker. Um, and, and we've kind of seen that. Like, we've kind of seen, like, early the opener. You could kind of tell Tyler was in a little bit in his head. Like he was passive. Yeah. He was bringing the ball up court. Like that was new for him. Um, we didn't see the attacking, aggressive Tyler that I think we saw in the bubble. So I think the Heat have kind of seen that, and they're kind of trying to make adjustments. And when Jimmy comes back, I'm sure Jimmy will take on more of the ball handling responsibilities. And, and Bam obviously does a lot of that as well. Um, but I, I kind of think we, you know, we we've seen so far that Tyler Hero as the quote unquote point guard. Um, I don't know if that's gonna be a thing. Yeah. This season, just because he, he just that's not his natural uh, kind of role right now, where he's best at. So um, he was really good last yes, night. Yes, very
0: yeah, good. He, he looked, looked like Tyler of last year, right? Yeah, know, of the bubble. And
1: I was, was watching the game, and it was Andre Dollar bringing the ball to court, and and kind of Tyler here on the weak side, just kind of you know waiting and you know waiting to, to cut or or to receive a pass. Like it wasn't. It, he was playing in the role he was last year. Yeah. Um, so I think that he'd have kind of made that early season adjustment, and in the last two games, Tyler Heros looked like himself again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the, the obvious their their hope is that down the road he's their point guard. Yeah. And, And um, yeah, like I said, I think a lot of a lot of Heat fans, and obviously internally, the Heat were also hoping for like another mini leap from him. And I, I just don't, you know, two months off basically is not enough time to. You know, it's, it's enough time to, like, improve a little bit, but it's not enough time for him to go from never being a point guard to being a starting caliber point guard for a team with NBA Finals aspirations. Um, and, you know, well, I'm sure we'll see him get some minutes at point guard because they clearly want to develop this. Um, and I, I think probably would love him to be their starting point guard next season. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year. And I, I think... The only reason that's, like, a concern, like, obviously, this team went to the finals last year. If they ran back the exact same team they had, like, if you just take the bubble heat and put them in the Eastern Conference, like, they're right up there again. They're a top two, top three contender to make it it back to the finals. The big problem is, obviously, that the East just looks better than it did a year ago, right? Like, is that heat team... Is bubble would the bubble Heat have beaten this Nets team in the Eastern Conference Finals, or would the bubble Heat have you know beaten this Bucks team? This Bucks Bucks team? Bucks. Certainly not in five, but uh, you know, do they beat them at all? You know that that's the concern is, are the Heat treading water right now, while some of these other East teams are getting better? And of course, the Heat are still very young. Um, basically, other than Jimmy, and then obviously you know role players like Andre Iguodala. You know, they're a team that. Has a they hope a you know five year title window as opposed to um, you know a team like the Nets or the Bucks that are you know kind of beholden to these uh, influx superstars uh, windows and basically going all in uh, right now while those guys are in their prime. The Heat are still waiting for Bam to get into his prime, for Tyler to get into his prime, for Duncan to get into his prime. Um, but for this year, it just means that they're still waiting a little bit on some of these guys. Um, And, you know, it's, it's understandable, but after you go to the finals, you know, you get that taste and, and you want to, you obviously want to get back and you you feel like your window is, is now at least a little bit. And it's obviously that tricky balance of win now versus continue making sure this team is in position to, to contend for years to come.
1: Yeah. to, To that point, I think, I think you made a good point. I think, um, that he, you know, are, are obviously banking on internal improvement, right? Because, right. That was the whole know, the, thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the way you're going to, that's the way this team is going to be better. Because, yeah, you added Avery Bradley, who's been, you know, through the first four games. I know he's only played in three, but he's been really good. Like, yes. yesterday on Chris Middleton, I think he helped, like, three for some 15 shooting or something like that. And uh, he's been shooting well from three. Uh, he's, he's been a, he's going to be a really good addition for this team. But, You know, you also take out Jay Crowder, who was really
0: important. Yeah, the Heat's Heats hope was basically uh, you make marginal improvements by swapping Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, um, and I guess Precious for Derek Derek Jones and Jay Crowder, and then you get the internal improvement and you improve a little bit off of last yeah, year
1: Tyler Hero and Bam primarily those two yes. guys and, and and Tyler Hero like you said he's going to improve throughout the year I'm sure we'll see a different Tyler Hero at the end of the season than we do right now um the one thing I'll say about Bam is he has had you know I know that there's been some uh, surprising criticism of Bam uh on Twitter to start the season people questioning his contract and all that which is just kind of crazy to me four, yeah. you know four games in and you know yesterday he had a near triple double and played very well um the one thing that's impressed me about Bam, you know, aside from, you know, the, the turnover issues and stuff, I know he's he's kinda struggled with those early on. Um but he's really and we saw him in the playoffs last season, but it's kinda carried over to this season. That mid range shot is good. He, he looked so comfortable with it. Yeah. Like it is it's not just like a once in a while type of thing. Like he's taking Like four or five a game. I think yesterday he was four for six. Yeah, uh, mid range. Right. It's not a
0: when all else fails. Like I gotta take this. It's now a a weapon. He goes to it.
1: Yeah. Like if someone's sagging off him, he he takes it. And it's it's off the dribble. It's on a pass. Like it doesn't matter. He'll take it. He looks very comfortable. And I mean, he's eight or fifteen this season on, on mid range shots, which obviously is is very good. Um. So that that to me is encouraging because. Yeah, you want him to eventually develop the three, but the mid-range, as you and I know, is the next step for Bam. And when he can consistently hit that, I mean, and we spoke—I think we spoke about this last week—but there, there's no reason why he can't average 20 more points a game if he can consistently make that shot. So yeah, that—that's been an encouraging development. That he's kind of stuck with that and been more—you know—that confidence has carried over into this season.
0: Yeah, and I think ultimately, you know, the missing Jimmy for a little bit. You know, even if you lose some games, it's always going to be good for Bam. Um, because we saw how good, you know, I I think whenever I think of what this team can be, I think of the Celtics series, basically. And, and specifically, uh, the fourth quarter of, I guess, it was it game five or game six, where he took over? You know, he looked game like six. Giannis, basically. Yeah. And, you know, you saw that a little bit uh, last night. Poor, I poor think.
1: Daniel Tice. Poor Daniel yeah.
0: Tice. And you saw that a little bit last night, and it's still like that is—that's um, the ceiling this team has. Is basically he goes from being a—I don't know what would you say he was last year, top twenty, top twenty-five guy to being yeah. that top fifteen, top twelve. And and I I still think you know that that's possible, certainly for him.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I think if he could just that mid-range shot is alone to me. Elevates him like five spots, probably just yeah. <laughs> because yeah. how, how much that opens up for him um, on the offensive end.
0: Yeah, and um, and as you mentioned, the turnover issues are probably the biggest concern with him right now. And and as you said, that was an issue early in last year that got cleaned up. So I'm not worrying about that yet. Um, I my opinions on the Heat have not significantly changed in week right. one, uh, considering like we said what we have seen around the league.
1: Yeah, and you know those turnover issues were the first three games I think had fifteen turnovers and, and ten assists, which is obviously not Terrible great. <laughs> but but last game, you know, on Wednesday night's winning and Wednesday night's winning against Milwaukee had ten assists and two turnovers. So already right there you kind of see things evening out a little bit. Uh, it was a much cleaner performance from Bam. So you know Bam, Bam takes chances. We know that. He's gonna try to find the open, you know, a cutter going to the basket in between two guys and Sometimes he'll complete the pass. Sometimes you won't. That's what makes him him. Right. That's what makes him a threat. So there are going to be turnovers. I mean, even last year when he was playing well, like there were four or five turnover games. So those are going to happen. But you don't want them to to repeatedly happen. So right. last night's you know ten assists, two turnover performance was uh, was a good sign.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break uh, and we'll bounce around the league a little bit. Talk about some of the uh, the latest on some Heat trade targets before we wrap up. All right, uh we are back. Uh let's bounce around the league a little bit. Mostly I want to talk about the two, you know, the two obvious trade guys for the Heat, right? James Harden, Bradley Beal. Um James Harden after everything terrible in the offseason for him or really over the last 3 weeks specifically, uh looks very very looks like he's very very good at basketball still.
1: Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Uh it's impressive how I mean, not that I expect him to be bad because it's James Harden and he's yeah. very, very good at basketball, but, but
0: uh, just like did literally not miss, like, did not miss a beat at all.
1: Yeah, like I mean, what do you, I think in the first game he like forty something points and like ten on some ten assists or double digit assists. Uh, just coming off of basically coming late to training camp, missing most of practices, and uh, you know according to uh, social media partying and enjoying his life and all that and he comes out and swear you know drops 40
0: 44 and 17 in the opener
1: yeah I mean that's just absurd so yeah I mean he's still you know wherever he ends up if he gets traded he's gonna make that team better um, I don't think there's a question about that yeah so um, if anybody if any team had any question about is James still good, which I don't know why you would question that, or is
0: he still... Is he going to, like, still try, you know, like...
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've seen that, yeah, he's still uh, probably a top five player
0: in the NBA. And the Rockets are 0-2, despite his basically averaging, I think, 39 a game through the opening two games. Um, We talked about, in the first segment here, just about how, you know, kind of a vibe check on on the opening four games of the Heat season. Has anything you've seen in these first four games, not just for the Heat, but around the league, kind of changed the way you feel about the urgency of a James Harden trade for Miami?
1: Not really. I mean, it's like you said, I, I, nothing has not not much really changed my opinion of this Heat team. Like, they kind of are early on kind of what I thought they would be, you know, Um, considering Jimmy is not available. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I, 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 see both sides to the argument of the James Harden situation. Um, you know, again, I know Tyler Hero would probably be a big part of that trade if the heat were to make that move. Um, but I mean, we've seen encouraging things while there have been growing pains for Tyler Hero, you know, in the first four games, there's also been some encouraging signs like last night, 15 rebounds, Mm um, I, don't, I think that's the second most ever by a heat guard behind Dwayne. Um, so that's, you can't, you know, that's, that's something that's, that's rare for a guard to get that many rebounds. Um, his shooting ability his ability to, to, you know, shoot off the dribble shoot off of, you know, spot, uh, spot up and, and make shots as well. Um, he's, he's 20 years old. So, I, I mean, to, to give up on Tyler hero now, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Um, you know, James Harden is a talent, one of the best players in the league, but I don't know if I feel any more uh, urgency, you know, on the Heat's end to get a deal done um, from what I've seen in the first four games.
0: Yeah. Again, I think the thing that makes you, like, I'm not, like I'm not worried about the Heat, seeing the Heat's issues be what the Heat's issues are. Like it's what I expected. It's stuff I expect to improve as the year goes on. Like I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, the Heat obviously have flaws like any other team does, and, and James Harden would, you know, just if you have two, three top 20 guys, a lot of those flaws go away. Um, yeah. To me, it's it's more about, like, what we've seen from the Nets and the Bucks, right? Like, to really compete with them and, and be, like, viewed, I think, as maybe a potential favorite against them or sort of co-favorites with that top two, you need James Harden. And it, it, it's always going to come down to, it's it's still the same uh, balance that the Heat, I think, have been weighing all throughout these James Harden trade talks. You know if you trade Tyler Hero and Duncan and whatever else you need to throw in, you're going to get better this year. There's never been a question about that. Um, but the question is, you know, James Harden obviously has a history of a, uh, discontent and you know he's obviously uh quite a bit older than those young guys it's it's do you sacrifice you know it's it's always been the question of how much of the future he's sacrificing to get James Harden um and I think I've kind of been convinced yeah you know, I was I, I don't know I, I don't actually remember where you came down on like should you do it um when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago but I, I kind of just watching James again after you would do it. I think I would do it. I <laughs> I
1: I I see why you would do it.
0: I I And I'm not it, a James I Harden fan. Like there, there, think... there's always you could just be like no, that guy's like a he's a he's a four letter word like <laughs> I you know, I'm not touching him. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with him. I could always see that being an argument and I think if I was like running a team and saw like some of the crap he was up to over the last couple of weeks And just, like, thinking of, like, you know, I like my personnel. I like the, like, chemistry we have. I could totally see myself being, like, I I don't want any part of that guy. He is a a problem. He's, like, he's not, he's great at basketball, but he's just not a guy I want, like, associated with my organization. But just from a purely, like, talent. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good.
1: I mean, yeah, I think that's the biggest, um, dilemma i think for the heat and you put it perfectly like do you give up your future for you know basically not not a two-year window but you're i mean jimmy's 31 i think harden is 31 I have two maybe three years realistically to
0: and to up. me the, the issue is always more like not what will james harden look like in three years it's like where will he want to be in three years
1: yeah both things i think right yeah. i mean and even i mean jimmy too i mean because he has three years left on his contract like Who knows what's going to happen after this contract's over. Um, You really have, like, a three-year window here. So I think, I mean, you could argue that's the reason to make the trade because you have to go for it now And Jimmy's 31. But uh, I also, one of the reasons I would probably would not lean a little bit toward not making it is because you kind of have one shot at this, like one shot at getting the next star, right? So you kind of, you... I mean, yeah. I guess you could theoretically flip James Harden for somebody else if it doesn't work out, but realistically, if Bradley Beal in two months yeah. is a is so a, that is the
0: uh, I mean, elephant in the room right now.
1: Yeah, you, if you trade Tyler Hero and and you know all your young assets for James Harden, you're not going to be able to you're not gonna be able to get Bradley Beal. So you you kind of have to really be be sure that this is the move you want to make, which I'm not sure if I am.
0: Yeah, so the Wizards 0-4, again, this is a team that um, I think I'll, people have kind of come to the consensus that they were going to be pretty good, you know, probably in that 7-9 to 9 range in the East, just like they were last year. They could um, still be, by the way. They,
1: could still, be.
0: they still could be, yeah. but uh, they are 0-4 right now, Beal looks awesome, Russ has been shaky, you know, he's, he's been Russ, basically. Yeah. Um, but their depth is pretty atrocious, and it is easy to see uh, this not getting significantly better and Bradley Beal in a month or two saying, all right, let's 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 figure something out. We I got to get out of here. And then I think I'm with you in this regard, where I think I would rather have Beal than Harden, as crazy as that sounds, uh, if I'm the Heat just because the personality stuff, um, some of the age stuff, not that, like, I think that's a huge issue because I think James Harden's going to be good for five plus more years. Um, the but...
1: The game seems to fit better, too. The offensive game seems to fit Yeah.
0: Better. Yeah. It's basically that stuff. The, the sort of chemistry stuff, um, and, I honestly, I, I continue to think Beal is, like, the most underrated guy in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you put Beal on the C-team, um, with a trio of Bam, you know, Bam, him, and, and Jimmy, like that's that's a team that can really, really compete with anybody. I
0: yeah.
1: think, um, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that
0: the the, yeah. but the the thing that you get with Harden, and it kind of ties into what we were talking about, Tyler Hero earlier, is he's your point guard, whereas Beal is still he's an off-ball guy at his at his best, and you still are kind of you know considering they're clearly not going to start Goron a whole lot this year, like, um. That you're still left searching, I think, for a little bit of that, like, go-to ball handler. But again, the Heat were totally fine without that last year when you've got Jimmy and Bam and, and obviously Beal yeah. to be able to bring it up.
1: Yeah, and think about, like, you know, there's a hypothetical, but if, obviously, if, if James Harden, you know, comes to the Heat, that means Bam, Jimmy, like, they're not playing with the ball in their hands as much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the fit, it's really, really questionable just because are you using Bam to his maximum ability? Like, as a guy who basically is not going to play on that high post, you know, facilitating role as much anymore, or bring the ball to the court, like, most of that's going to be James doing that. So, um, it's just going to be, it would be a di- totally different look to me. Unless they're unless they supposed to find a way to make James play to the Heat's uh, playing the Heat's offense, which I think would be would be tough, just because of how the different his style is. But um, I I just think ultimately Bradley Beal would probably be a more natural fit for what the Heat do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's kind of what I would be waiting out to see. Um, plus the fact that the Rockets clearly are not like in a rush to trade James Harden. Um, you know, you might we might look at uh, a month down the road and Harden might still be in Houston and Beal might still be in Washington and and both guys uh, want out. And I don't know if it, you know, it would create obviously a very chaotic trade deadline. And um, I, you know, I would still think like Philly, for example, would want James Harden. And obviously the Nets are going to want James Harden. um, And it maybe opens a lane for, for the Heat to be the, uh, the Bradley Beal team down the road, and and I agree with you that he just kind of feels like a, a slightly cleaner fit uh, with this Heat team than uh, Harden does. And I don't know. To me, it seems like the you know the Russ experiment so far is not working. Um, I think you know the Wizards have you know I think Denny Avdia has been really good. Uh, there you know there are some some. The idea with the rust thing for them was basically always, like, try to maximize the Beal era. And if, obviously, the Beal era is not being maximized, then you start looking ahead toward uh, the Denny era and whatever high pick you get this year. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. How, we might not be so far off from the Wizards uh, thinking that. And then, and then Beal's on the table. And, um, yeah, he's the guy that I, I think I would be – locked in on uh right now if i'm the heat all right anthony uh any final thoughts on beal or harden or the first week of the season before we get out of here
1: um no other than the fact that i, I think you know especially after you know we we, we learned that the heat kind of had ended any type of discussion with the rockets about james harden a few weeks ago before the season I think they really want to see what this team can be kind of whole. And we haven't really seen that yet with Jimmy. That's true.
0: Out. Um, and we've only seen it for four games.
1: Four games, and Jimmy's been available for a game and a half, and he was injured in the – he played injured in the Christmas Day game, and that's why he, he left at halftime. So we haven't really had a good kind of – good kind of, I mean, we know what this team is like we've spoken about many times, but, you know, we don't know what this team – exactly as with Avery Bradley, you know, as, you know, as a rotation player, you know, with Precious, what he can develop into. So uh, I think that he, you're going to wait and see kind of what this team is, you know, especially the first month or two of the season before making any type of move, um, which I think is smart just because this team is good. and We know it can be it can compete in the East. Uh, we know it's going to be a playoff team. So there's really no, I think, quote unquote, urgency to get something done. And if something pops up, if Bradley Beal demands a trade, in two months or this off season, then I'm sure the Heat will be involved. Um, but until then, you know they're in a good spot. They're they're one of the best teams in the East, so that's not a that's not a bad position to be in.
0: Yeah, I think they want to maintain flexibility clearly, um, yeah. and you know they want to not just. I'm sure Pat is watching closely what the Nets look like and what the Bucks look like and what the Celtics look like and you yeah, know, what the Sixers look like if they're the team like the, that gets James Harden. Yeah, what the Magic look like. Yeah, what the, what the 4-0 Orlando Magic look like. I think that's a good uh, good place to leave it off. Uh, the 4-0 Orlando Magic are the favorites in the Eastern Conference. What a world. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we'll finish up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Yeah. You got anything you're working on right now? Just day-to-day heat stuff?
1: Day-to-day heat stuff. Have a fun story, actually, next week. I don't want to give it away right now, um, but stay tuned. I think it'll be – it's a light read, not really basketball-related, but I think something people will be interested in. So early next week, make sure to catch it.
0: Awesome. So stay tuned to that. Uh, Check out the Miami Herald at MiamiHerald.com. Busy time of the year, obviously, with Dolphins making their final playoff push hurricane season just wrapped up Um, Miami basketball season is kind of fun for like a pretty mediocre team. Um, And then obviously uh, the heat are in full swing. Uh, So thanks as always for listening and uh, we will talk to you guys uh, next week.